Welcome to FSE Live. February is almost over and spring is right around the corner. So tonight we're gonna to talk about many of the wonderful things that are sprouting out of the ground right here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Stay tuned. the Fremont Street Experience in downtown Las Vegas. It's FSE Live with your host, Jeff Victor. Welcome to FSE Live right here on the Vegas Video Network. You know, spring is synonymous with growth. And uh, so tonight we have a whole barnyard full of guests that are gonna talk about the growth happening downtown Las Vegas. Let's see, to start with, Talking about the growth in the real estate and development field is someone from the Focus Commercial Group. We've got Brandon Weigard joining us to tell us all about that. Uh, also, um, the uh, biggest watering can, maybe the most diverse watering can downtown is in the hands of a group called Downtown Project. And joining us tonight will be Kim Schaefer. Uh, stage shows are organic creations. They require a lot of care and and love and uh, here to talk to us tonight about the March show here on Fremont Street is David Adams who's the owner producer of Face Productions and then finally to tell us about what's happening in the uh, special events garden is our very own Megan Conklin you want to stay tuned we'll get back to you with movers and shakers in just a second You know, Las Vegas is pretty famous for having these really dramatic and uh, ceremonious uh, implosions with uh, laser shows and fireworks. But most of that happens down on the Strip. Downtown, we focus on a slightly different sensibility where we look after our historic monuments with a, uh, well, we come at it from an angle of pre preserving and repurposing. And to talk to us about that tonight is Brandon Wigan from Focus Commercial Group. Brandon, how you doing? Doing good, good and you? Good to see you, man. Good to be seen. Well, welcome to Fremont Street. I know you come here all the time. You're I do. a downtown guy. I am. You uh, you actually grew up here in Las Vegas. I was, born and raised. I uh, <clears throat> Back in the day, I remember begging my dad all the time when this was still actual street to come down and drive Fremont Street so I could look at Vegas Vic and all the, uh, the neon and the lights and absolutely loved it. And <laughs> maybe once every other week, he'd drive me down and take in the sights. Uh, that's great. Yeah. And so uh, you return to your roots because, uh -huh. uh, like me, you live downtown. Now yep. you're you're drinking it and breathing it. Absolutely, I uh, was. I've always been drawn to downtown. Always loved it. I went to high school at Las Vegas Academy. In fact, I remember running literally from our campus, which is a few blocks away, down to the Mickey D's. It's right here to grab lunch, <laughs> and then hustling back so we get back to class in time. And right before the hitting bell. all the exactly hitting all the restaurant spots down here. It was a uh, it was good times. Great. And uh, like I said. Always been drawn to downtown, got into real estate, uh, immediately started to look at what was happening down here and was uh, drawn to the area and wanted to be a part of it. And uh, when I had the chance, I moved down here to, to really soak it all in. Well, so I, I mentioned in the opener that uh -huh. uh, we come at things a little bit differently yep. downtown. Uh, you know, on this show, we've, we've had a number of the casino owners who have spent millions and millions refurbishing the yep. casinos as opposed to blowing them up yep. and starting over. We've talked to a number of the people down on Fremont East, the people at Insert Coins uh -huh. and uh, Commonwealth and others who have taken existing buildings and spent yep. you know, their life savings and, and their energies to turn those into really neat places. And yep. Focus Commercial Group is, is doing that 
all around the downtown area. We are, and I actually, I work with investors who are actually the ones behind us. Uh, so I'll identify the properties and the opportunities and then work with the investors and put together those projects. And we have several projects, uh, 813 Ogden, which is an old motel that we're looking at repurposing into incubator office space. Yep. Uh, for a lot of the small businesses that are looking to relocate down here, uh, need a place to hang their shingle. Uh, small, you know, 250 to 500 square foot uh, units that they can work in. Uh, but it's interesting to see how you can take an old motel and turn it into an office building. Uh, we've took or we've taken uh, 1111 Casino Center and turned that into some old apartments that needed to be completely refurbished. Instead of demolishing it, we went in and completely renovated the area. Uh, and then we're looking at a retail project at 1111 Casino Center as well that's going to take two old uh, apartment buildings and turn that into uh, retail and uh, commercial small office space and create a really vibrant kind of corridor. Uh, just on the other side of the Arts Factory, kind of in the heart of uh, where First Friday happens in the Arts District. Well, so the old adage in real estate is location, 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 yep. right? Uh, and so you, I, I guess your challenge is to find the right location yep. and find a building with uh, the right kind of bones, right? Yep, absolutely. And that, that is, I mean, a massive challenge. When you look at some of the properties down here that are built, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, you have code issues to deal with. You have structural issues to deal with. Some of these, you know, they weren't built the same way back then as they are now. Uh, and it's a, it's a constant challenge to look at which buildings can we actually repurpose, which ones need to be torn down. And it's a delicate balance. There's some historic buildings that you'd love to be able to preserve that are just so far beyond repair that you, know, you make the decision that's a teardown. And there's others that uh, you, you look at and you turn it into, you know, the best that we can do. Uh, 813's a great example of that. It's a, it's a building that most people thought should have been torn down. Uh, and it looks like it should be torn down, but we're able to turn around and adaptively reuse it. But a lot of cities have done that, right? Uh -huh. uh, a lot of cities have taken existing buildings, and, and in doing that, the, the character kind of stays, yep. right? And, you know, the, it, it keeps the, the offset from the building to the street consistent yep. with the rest of its, its neighbors, Correct. and it just creates a different kind of neighborhood. Absolutely. And I say it's, it, the unfortunate thing is we've, we had a lot of buildings that were torn down over the past 10, 15 years. We had a, a real estate run-up that dictated that the land was more valuable than the building that sat on right. it. Um, obviously, we know we have had a pretty strong tumble down, and we've had buildings that I, I wish would still be around. There's, there's one investor I worked with had the original uh, bus depot for Greyhound, and a gorgeous, gorgeous building. Um, boat truss ceiling, you know, wood frame construction, which is absolutely amazing, and that was one that because market forces dictated it needed to be torn down. Uh, and had we, had we been able to preserve it, it would turn into an amazing space that could have vaulted our, our redevelopment efforts downtown now. Yeah, I love that feel. You know, there's, there's uh, like the Soho Lofts down mm -hmm. here, although it's a modern building, yep. they still gave it that real big, yeah. tall ceiling, industrial yep. feel. And yep. uh, you get that out of some of these older buildings. Yep. Then you get the opposite too, right? Yep. You get really low ceilings yep. in some of these buildings. Yeah. I imagine you, you raise the soffits and yep. do all kinds of work with the ducts and all as, that. As much as you can. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I hear a lot of people talk about is, God, I wish there was loft space and right. some of these old, uh, you go into you know downtown New York and you look at some of these old manufacturing buildings that have been repurposed into uh, residential apartments. And unfortunately, this wasn't the manufacturing district of Las Vegas. I mean, we never really had a manufacturing or an right. industrial area downtown. So we don't have those buildings, but uh, Sam Cherry, who did Newport and Soho, it's, it's something that's kind of recreated through the, the buildings that he's developed. Uh, and you constantly look for those opportunities. Where do you have a building that has some, some uniqueness and some, some character? One that comes to mind is the Mission Linen building. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what Downtown Project decides to do with that, that property. Uh, because it has, out of all the buildings I've seen downtown, it probably has some of the most character. Uh, an old 
you know, it's a linen warehouse, so it has it just has some really cool features to it that can turn into something very amazing. Do you know what? I have no idea. Well, so that kind of brings me to the, the next part of the equation, because finding a location, uh -huh. doing the refurbishment is one part of the job, but then you have to find tenants. Uh, yep. Is it a challenge right now to find tenants? So it, it depends on what tenants you're looking for. Uh, if you're looking for residential tenants, you're looking for uh, people who are gonna turn around and rent a property to live down here, there is a dearth of space for them to live in. Uh, and I, I always talk about, we have a very stratified real estate market downtown. You have, uh, there's, there's a handful of motels, which is very transient housing, worker housing, they come and go. Uh, beyond that, you have income restricted, uh, and there's there's several very nice projects that have been done downtown that are income restricted, and there's people that want to live there but can't because their income exceeds those requirements. And then between income restricted, you jump to the next level, which is luxury housing, uh, which is Jules, you know, Newport, right. Soho, Ogden, uh, and there's people that are in between that don't have an opportunity to live down here because there's no product that meets their needs. And that's something we've tried to do with the, with the repurposing of some of the row houses we took over. We tried to meet the price point that allows individuals who want to be a part of what's happening downtown and want to be a part of the action, an affordable place that they can they can actually go in and live and be a part of all the action. So like studios and that kind of thing? Not even studios. The, the apartments we did were one bedrooms. We have one two bedroom. Okay. Um, just old, in a little bit smaller floor plans. Uh, a typical one bedroom is going to be around 700, 750 square feet. These are slightly smaller, around 600 to 650. Uh, but they work. and. Had we left them the way they were, nobody would have, ever would have rented them out. They were actually infested. I mean, it was, I, I hate to use the word infested, but we had uh, homeless people that were living in them. There was a lot of problems. I mean, mattresses, it was strewn to trash. Uh, we took that down to the bare frame construction, completely renovated the property, and have been able to turn around and quickly lease it out. Uh, in a, in, and within a month, I think we were completely leased. Well, um, you know, whether somebody wanted to live down here uh -huh. or whether they want to stay, start up a business, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're interested in because you've got a good eye. I mean, you yeah. got you got your well, ear to you. the you got your ear to the railroad that's right. tracks. That's what I'm and, paid for, right? <laughs> well, if you're if you're you know if, even if you're familiar with downtown, I tell you, I'm constantly surprised. Yep. I, I'll be driving or walking, and and I'll see something that I didn't realize was, was there before. Cause Absolutely. It's, you know, it's a it's an interesting place. So uh -huh. if they wanted to go to uh, get more information about your company and your projects, what would they do? You know, so I, I actually, I've, I've been remiss. I haven't done a very good job of, of publicizing what we've been working on. Uh, Focus Commercial Group has a website, but it will tell you nothing about what's going on okay. downtown. Um, I, my Twitter handle is at uh, Brandon Wygan, just my name, and I, I do a very good job through Twitter of publishing what we're working on, what projects are being done. Um, I've seen some of your posts on uh, Facebook where yeah. you put a picture of a project, what it's yeah. going to look like in the future. Yeah, we and I, I try to always get those out, some of the renderings that we're working on and the, the projects that we've been working on. And it, I mean, you, you hit on a, a, a good point. There's so much stuff happening down here and in such a small radius. I mean, we're about two to three square miles right. when you really look at what's, what people consider downtown. Things are happening so quickly and things are happening so fast. And I, I really try to have my ear to the ground. And there's projects just like you that I walk by and I go, I had no idea that was happening. I had no idea that even even took place. Uh, and it's exciting to see that, that, that stuff happening. Uh, it's exciting to see such an energy and uh, uh, enthusiasm that people are rushing down here and taking advantage of the opportunities that, that can be found. Well, it, it is. It's fun to be part of it, and I'm glad yeah. you are. Uh, thank you so much for coming down Absolutely. and joining us tonight. All my pleasure. Well, We'll be hanging out. You're going you to Soho after this? So. I am. Down to Lady Sylvia to, to have a few more drinks. Yeah, I might see you there after. You got it. Show, Look forward right? to it. Thanks, Jeff. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. Oh. Oh, hi. I'm Kelly Clinton. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
stuff. I wonder if Joan Rivers is watching. Oh, oh, please. Oh, my God. Who cares? I don't have a different one. You know who watches this show? Wayne Newton. You got that right, Kelly. I think you're absolutely beautiful and talented young lady. Five, six, nine, twelve. Darker shade. More camera time for me. Hey, I wonder if Cher's watching. Oh, please. I have so many other things to do. <laughs> Woo! Hi, I'm Kelly Clinton. I'm the host of Talk Tales, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. <laughs> that was horrible. You know, here on Fremont Street Experience, we're real pleased and, and proud to be able to present uh, as much live entertainment as we do, and that includes live music from bands, and sometimes it includes doing live production shows. And uh, in fact, we've done a number of them here, all, well, a lot of them produced by the gentleman sitting next to me, David Adams from Face Productions. You're the owner-producer. Yeah. David, how you doing? Good doing to see good, you. Doing good, Jeff. Good to see you, buddy. Of course, you and I go back quite a ways, and uh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever asked you. I mean, you were once a, a musician, and then you got into being a producer, right, which right. is something that every dancer, musician aspires to do, and it's it's not an easy thing to, to get to. How did how did you make that transition successfully? You know, it's a, it's it's a little strange. I I kind of came into it because I wanted to do my own music and write my own material and things like that and uh, in the beginning because I couldn't get anybody else to do exactly what I wanted them to do I started learning to handle it myself or hire it out and take care of it that way um, eventually though if you don't have the right lights and if you don't have the right sound and if you don't have all that stuff then you don't have the look that you want and you don't come off the way you want even if you're on the stage so so for me, it was sort of a natural progression because I was producing myself, kind of, and then I just kind of moved over to the other side and started handling other people, making them look good. It's actually a lot easier to make anybody but me look good, you know, <laughs> most of the time. So, but now you threw me off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once you uh, make that transition, though, then you start working with trying to find a venue and somebody to hire your show, and all of a sudden you start learning that it's not quite all romance, is it? I mean. It's a business, and it's not an easy business. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of it that was way easier when it was just rock and roll and picking up, you know, uh, girls and stuff, uh, <laughs> and playing the guitar. But um, it's a little bit of a different world because there's so many different aspects to it. For instance, I get called in to produce a show and say we want a really good show, so I could put good people on the stage and good choreography and music and everything like that. And I feel like, yeah, that really rocks. But if they don't sell enough tickets, or if not enough people walk through the door and you know and cheer loud, or the wrong people walk through the door, I do something that's you know R-rated and the G-rated people come in and they don't like it, then I get blamed for all that stuff. So it's a little bit of a tough nut sometimes, you know, to know exactly and to get to your right target market and the demographic that you're going for and to make all that work. And you know. I, I'm largely a business guy, but uh, you know I've been in the entertainment business for quite a while, and, and starting right, with right, you, right, geez, sure. I don't know how long ago. Yeah. But whatever it was, I remember the first time I went to a, uh, a casting call, uh -huh. and we had to do the auditions and dancers and all that. And I, re I remember. <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. I remember. I didn't we didn't we do the one that was a topless show? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, actually, I, I you did. were doing some hip, you were doing some hypnosis I thing. I, I, that's right. I was 
I was I was producing a hypnosis show that was going to open at Sapphire yeah. Gentlemen's Club, the, the largest, world's largest yeah, gentlemen's club at the time. Club, yeah, and uh, which was a complete disaster. But never mind that. <laughs> we were just casting for it. We had all these girls show up, and beautiful, beautiful dancers, and very nice people, and everything like that. And uh, we're in there, but most of them don't realize. Like you and I, we go in there, and it makes you very nervous when you start having to see them take their clothes off. Yeah and have to judge them for that because the audience well, is going to judge them for that eventually so you kind of have to know and i i mean it, i think that's touchy. what i think that's the the lesson that i got very quickly that that never right. leaves you is that it's a tough business because uh yeah. you can have 10 great dancers but you're looking for a certain type for a certain role and so right. you find yourself making really bizarre calls about yeah. heights and hair color or style or dance right. style, you know, regardless of the fact that everybody's good, you, you do this really facial judgment to, to make a determination. Well, well it is, and in, in, I won't say that it's racially driven or that it's height driven or that it's, you know, size driven, So, to, but you always want to get people who compliment each other, you know. If I've got six blonde white girls with, you know, that are built a certain way, right. then maybe that's not what I'm going for. I want to mix it up a little bit. Sure. I'd love to have a Latino and a black girl and a, sure. a Asian girl, you know, and whatever. And the same way with the guys, whoever's in it, just to keep the diversity and a little something for everybody. The tough part is when I get one that's four foot nine and I get one that's six foot two right. and making them look good next to each other, you know. Well, you know, the nice thing about being in, in Vegas is uh, unlike what you see on American Idol when somebody gets told no and they're absolutely crushed, yeah. most of the people that come to do the auditions, they kind of get it. That's, you know, that's, that's the gig, right? You, you know, it's a funny thing about auditions in Vegas because there's been a lot of times where I have people come to an audition and you offer them the job and they go, well, I don't know, um, let me think about it, but you... I thought you were coming to get a job. I thought you needed a job. And a lot of the people show up because they're just looking for a better job, <laughs> not a job. Yeah, you go, well, how it. long is it for? Well, it's not that long. So I've got a longer running thing I might want to stay with because, you know. Well, David, you've done a number of shows down here over the last few years and you've got a March show coming up real quickly. What's it called? Oh, Hardwood Hotties. Hardwood Hotties. Hardwood Hotties, that's right. Hardwood meaning a basketball connotation. Did you come That's, up with that or did I? I, I, I if I remember... I think, it was, Megan. Were, I think it was Megan that did that, actually. I think Megan did. I think it was over a few beers, though, either way. And the hard and the wood and then the hotties and... I don't want to say. All I, right, I, I, David, I we'll, let's get some auditions going. Let's get uh, the right, cast out here soon and do a March show. All right, buddy. Appreciate being here. You know, I don't uh, get off of my uh, chair in my office enough, so I have to send Michael down to go to the street and ask people where are you from. Hi, we're here on Fremont Street with... Kathy. Aubrey. Laura. Javier. Patty. George. Chuck Williams. Carlos! Jonathan. Andrew. Where are you ladies from? Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm from Las Vegas. New Jersey. We're here with wonderful people from the Dominican Republic! Well, had you guys ever been to Las Vegas before? This is my first time. Had you ever been to Fremont Street before? Absolutely. Yes. How often do you come to Fremont Street? Just about every day. What do you love most about Fremont Street? 
They're really awesome, the lights and the girls. You can drink in the street. The people. I love the people and, the, and all the music down here on Fremont Street. Uh, you can get drunk. Loved, loved how busy and lit up and exciting it is. Do a zip line and... How close everything is and it's covered. Hot and, girls. Yeah, hot, hot girls. Drink in the street and zip line. The American dream is alive here on Fremont Street. Now, this is for our segment Ask Jeff. Jeff Victor uh, is our president and CEO. I'm sure beloved in the Dominican Republic. If you could ask any question of Jeff, what would it be? How do you choose the images that go above? Well, that sounds like a really easy question. Actually, it's not. It gets all tangled up into uh, a legal question about synchronization rights. So we have to find an artist that we are interested in. Uh, we recently added the, the, the group Heart as one of our shows. We had to go out and talk to the, the management of Heart, and then we had to talk to the publisher, who is a person that, or people that wrote and or owned the, uh, the lyrics. And then we had to talk to the original artist that actually pressed it to disc. And we had to get them to agree that we can marry their piece of art with a new visual. So it's quite complicated and, uh, you know, it's, it, it sounds easy, but uh, it can get quite expensive and the negotiations can get quite lengthy. But uh, come out and see what we've done. It's been worth the effort. This is David Ivey for Pub Crawl funny because this is David from you should, you should, no you should just leave it on hi I'm David Ivy from pub crawl and you're watching the Vegas video network and scene as always we want to continue to hear from you so please feel free to send us more of those wonderful emails at FSE at VegasVideoNetwork.com of course, you can send us a web-based voicemail by going to VegasVideoNetwork.com, clicking on the Start Record. Of course, you'll need a microphone. Send us your uh, thoughts over the microphone, or uh, of course, you can send us a live chat if you're watching us right now. Scott's got a, got a line open there for you. If you're going to catch us after the fact, you can see us on VegasVideoNetwork.com, YouTube, Roku, and iTunes. All right, so there has been a whole bunch of talk about Zappos moving downtown, and in fact, that is happening. But Zappos is a separate company from the company we're gonna to talk to tonight. Zappos is headed, uh, was headed by uh, Tony Shea. He still has a position there, but he's come downtown not just to bring the employee base and the company of Zappos down here, but he's come down to create a whole new community. So he's created a company that's heavily funded by him personally, and the name of the company is Downtown Project. Joining us tonight to tell us all about it is Kim Schaefer. Kim, how you doing? It's Good to see you. My hands are here. cold. It's a pleasure to be here, <laughs> even if your hands are cold. <laughs> Good to see you. So um, I think I, I wanted to make that distinction because sometimes those two companies are are, are not distinguished uh, uh, enough. Right. Well, I think that Tony has become so heavily um, just really integrated with the brand of Zappos that people really identify right. him with them. So to create a separate company that's still part of him, but not part of Zappos, is really confusing for people. So we are a totally separate company funded primarily by Tony's own private investment. We are have a $350 million budget that is allocated just for the revitalization of downtown Las Vegas, totally separate from Zappos. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're gonna be able to, in this short segment, uh, communicate uh, how lovely 
uh, a story and a statement and an effort this is by, by Tony and the company. Um, this is truly uh, a diverse set of, of goals that has to do with arts and entertainment and education and business. and So kind of take us through that. Sure, and I, I think it's one of those things that people have a really hard time grasping because it, it sounds crazy that this person's gonna invest their private equity into a community. Right. But Tony's a really different thinker. He and he's really decided to make the place that he calls home now into a, a, help it to be a better place. So the $350 million budget, there, uh, there's $50 million for education, which includes a private school that's gonna be opening in the fall. We're gonna have our first students. Um, going to start with an early childhood center, which we're really excited about. There's $50 million for Vegas Tech Fund, which is investing in startup companies, most of whom have already moved here. We have 20 investments that we've done in the last year, and we're looking to do more. So that's a really exciting part of it. And then there is $50 million for arts and entertainment. There's another $200 million for real estate and development. So there's a lot going on with us. Yeah, and so if uh, somebody has a, a dream of a small business, he's got a portion of that fund set aside to help get them off the ground, and, and it's, it's making an enormous difference. Uh, it's just it's so passionate, and the people that you work with at Downtown Project, um, these are just really high-energy, high-passion people. Uh, what's it like to be in that office? It's really an incredible opportunity. I've lived here in Las Vegas since 1994. And so to be a part of a group of people who are absolutely certain every day that they're gonna change the world and, and really have a super impact on the community that we live in is incredible. It's, it's like no experience I could ever have imagined for myself. And, and I think as a community, we're really lucky. We've had sort of a perfect storm of events and we're this crossroads where we can come back to a place where Fremont Street, where we are tonight, used to be the main street of Las Vegas. Well, the only. <laughs> the only main street. And now, so much of what's happened since then has been about people that visit here, and we're super grateful for that. But now we have a chance to really think about this new opportunity for Las Vegas to be a place for the people that live here, and we're really excited to be a part of that. Yeah, and so I've moved here in the 90s as well, but living out in the suburbs, and a couple years ago I moved uh, right here in the Ogden where, where you live as well, you're, you're a recent transplant. It's hard not to get sucked into this uh, this magnetic energy that's happening down here. Well, and I, for us, like my family, my husband, my son and I, we've lived in Summerlin for 10 years. It's one of the suburbs here. and. For us, it was about putting our money where our mouth was. Like we kept saying, talking right. about how important downtown was, and and then it was the opportunity to say, well, we're going to actually be a part of it in a fit, real way, and, and to move down. And it's been really incredible. We moved last April. My son is nine. He loves living downtown. I feel like it's a great experience for him to be around all these people who are really passionate about their community. And I feel like he's learning so much from being around them. It's yeah, and, and the lessons will be different downtown as opposed to the suburbs where you're very, very sheltered in, in terms of, you know, the, the community and, and sure. who you live next to. Down here is, uh, I think, a, a really brilliant lesson for a young person to, to be exposed to all different things. Yeah, it's a very diverse community. Um, there are, are people who come from all over the world to really be a part of what's happening here. We get to 
have incredible experiences with people that come to visit to see what's going on. We have an extraordinary opportunity with Downtown Project. We probably, on average in a week, have like 40 visitors that are coming here to learn more about what's happening. So he gets to meet these people that are really thought leaders, not just here in Las Vegas or even in, in the U.S., like around the world, people that are coming to find out about what's happening. So it's an it, great opportunity. Well, speaking of which, because I said there's no way in a short segment we're going to get through uh, all the things that, that Downtown sure. Project's working on. Where can people get more information? Well, the best place to check out what we're doing is at downtownproject.com. A big part of my job is to create content for that website and really tell the stories of what's happening in downtown Las Vegas, not just with what we're doing, but with people from throughout the community because that's one of the most important things people should understand. It's not just downtown project. There are so many extraordinary people who are having a real impact. The city of Las Vegas itself has been such a great force for change in this neighborhood. So it's a pleasure for me to be able to tell those stories, but downtownproject.com is a great place for them to go and find out more about what we're doing and find out ways that they can come and check out what's happening down here. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. It's my pleasure. Getting the dialogue going. Uh, you you got to learn more about this. Uh, the story is so deep and rich. Uh, it's it's really uh, an American uh, success story, and uh, there's lots to be learned. So please check them out. We'll be right back with Best Bets. College basketball is huge in Las Vegas and uh, we make a big deal out of it down here on Fremont Street and of course March is also the month of one of my favorite holidays. Here to tell us all about what's coming up in the month of March is our very own Megan Conklin. Megan, how you doing? Hi boss man. Good to see you. Good to see you too. So March. March. Let's talk about that first. We have so much going on. I actually had to bring notes this time. I Generally I can remember things but I had to bring notes. March is two of my favorite things. Basketball, we talked about basketball already. We've got the um, tournament that's going to be announced. We've got some tournaments locally in town. So we've got a lot of basketball fans coming to Vegas. But double that up with my favorite holiday of the year, St. Patrick's Day. I mean, what other holiday? What, what's a more enjoyable holiday than one that's meant to drink and be merry with 
all kinds of Irishmen. So this, so this uh, reminds me of the conversation we had about New Year's. I mean, uh, darn. <laughs> but uh, you know, Marcia and and St. Patrick's Day is something that uh, you and I were personally passionate about. Right. When we were young and first started doing this, and so going back six years ago or so, we were. We we're saying we ought to do something special, and so I think we uh, we worked with a, a local uh, person that had a, a database and said invite some people out. We'll give them free parking and a T-shirt or something like that. And we yeah, did. Like, yeah, we had a decent showing. Good plug. I wanted to plug the St. Patrick's Day pub crawl. So we have we have we started with Vegas for locals a pub crawl for St. Patrick's Day right. because what else do you do on St. Patrick's Day besides crawl from bar to bar? Right. It's a perfect thing to do. So what we do is we get all of our properties together. They put together specials for St. Patrick's Day. We have all of our guests RSVP. We check you in. We give away t-shirts to the first 200 or so of our closest friends who have RSVP'd. And then we get you on your merry way and you just plug away and get special deals. There's Irish car bombs. There's shots called pots of gold. There's a smoking drink, a fog, the smoking fog drink at the D. It's just gonna be a wild, wild night. So I encourage everyone to go to our Facebook site, yeah. find the event and RSVP. The RSVP will be through Ticket Cake, another plug for Ticket Cake. I feel like, I feel like Groundhog's Day, I'm doing this again. Plug in Ticket Cake again, because Ticket Cake and Vegas for Locals are two of our sponsors for the you know, St. Patrick's Day event. I went to the T-Band Awards uh, last night at the Palms, and Ticket Cake won, uh, won a, an award Yay! this year in the technical. Uh, I'm so glad. Award. I'm so happy for them. We like them a lot. We but, think that their product is great. So when people come down here on uh, St. Patrick's Day, they should know that if they're not wearing green, they'll be one of uh, only, you know, right. in a sea of 20,000 people. There's a couple rules. First, you have to wear green. Second, you have to come early, especially this year yeah. since it's a Sunday. So we actually encourage you to come on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to start the entertainment Friday. We've got the Wild Celts. We've got Finnegan's Wake. We've got Darby O'Gale and the Little People. We have a fabulous lineup that whole weekend. Um, I'm missing some people. 1916, Tempest. Lots and lots of fun. We actually start on Saturday and Sunday. We start the entertainment at 10 a.m. So it's like morning wacky. I mean, you, I love to get crazy in the morning. So get a room, stay the night, come Friday, stay till St. Patrick's Day on Sunday, and have some fun with us. It's like New Year's out here. I mean, it's off the hook, you know. And then we, I, I know we're a little short on time, but uh, we only talk, touched on some of the things. There's also right. uh, NASCAR. That's just one day, yeah. so <laughs> my goodness. Prior to that, we've got Race Jam Weekend, the 7th through the 10th. In conjunction with NASCAR. In conjunction with NASCAR, we have our annual event called Race Jam. We brought in a band called Kicks. Yeah. And I could sing you a little Kicks music, but I don't know. I'm a, I, there's other music in the background. My tone could be off. So look up Kicks. You remember Don't Close Your Eyes. Everyone will remember that right. song from the 80s. So we're bringing back some 80s love, as well as we've got great country and rock, southern rock bands lined up. We've got the Jay Bolin Band, who's a great local act, the Ryan White Maloney Band, great local country act, as well as Fairchild, and then an ACDC tribute, because that's what you need on NASCAR weekend, is a little ACDC. All right. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me straight once again. Listen, get off your couch in March and come down to Fremont Street. We've got something going every single night. Three, two, one. Oh, I need to come up with something funny to oh, say. Geez. Three, two, one. Wow. <laughs> but the co-host.
Really, you ha I have to say watch it. Well, we're, I'm That's how you do it. You better really? watch it. There okay. you go. I got we? We're, we, we are the odds couple. Hi, my name is Scott Pritchard. And I am Anthony Padilla. You're watching the Vegas Video Network. You are. You are, we are too. So that's the show. I'd like to thank our guests tonight. We had Kim Schaefer and Brandon Weigand and David Adams and Megan Conklin, who on her way out said, listen, if you want to win some uh, downtown Hoopstown t-shirts for March, just go to our Facebook and she'll take care of you. Listen, I hope you got an appreciation for, we've talked a lot about growth happening in downtown Las Vegas. Again, there's a lot of passion and a lot of people behind it. It's really a, a tremendous thing to watch. There are going to be several new restaurants and, and bars opening in the next 30 days alone. So uh, come on downtown and see what's happening down here. Take care. We'll see you in a couple weeks.